0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How are we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Duck's Dish podcast massive breaking news episode of the pod for you coming to you on a monday morning october 30th from beautiful long beach california five-star tucson arizona sal point catholic edge rusher elijah rushing has committed to oregon dan landing and the Dugs continue to build an sec caliber physical dominant defense and that starts in the trenches with guys like Elijah Rushing. So we're going to be breaking down this commitment from all angles, just like we usually do. Super stoked for this episode of the pod. Let me know how you guys are feeling about uh, this episode and not this episode, but this commitment, Oregon recruiting in general. Leave me a comment if you're watching on the replay or leave me a comment. Um, On the live stream, apologies for being a little bit late, Been kind of a crazy morning, as you can imagine. Quick little side note for you guys. Uh, I do have a neighbor whose dog is left out like all day. Um, So I tried to close my window to make sure that we had some some quality audio, but hopefully it's not too loud and you guys don't hear that. uh, Feel for the guy. Uh, He's a little pup, it sounds like, and he's just lonely, but just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there. Uh, so you guys know, but let's get in this commitment some more because my God, is it a big one! Now that Elijah Rushing is in the fold, the Ducks have two five stars. Elijah Rushing, the second five-star to commit to Oregon in this 2024 recruiting class, joining five-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland out of Santa Ana, Modern Day. The story with Elijah Rushing, you know, he decommitted from Arizona earlier this month and basically as soon as i saw that i threw my prediction in for him to end up at oregon which kind of isn't a flip if you look at it right because usually a flip is like i'm flipping from here to here he decommitted waited a while and then went to oregon but i'm still going to consider it a flip i mean what a massive massive win for for dan and the ducks on the recruiting trail they were the the longtime leaders in this recruitment before rushing committed to arizona that was a massive shocker, even though that was the the intel that I was getting leading up to that uh, decision, which is why I changed my first prediction from Oregon to Arizona, and then after this uh, this development with him decommitting from Arizona, I threw that thing back on Oregon. So that's a big deal. I'm gonna have tons of stuff on uh, Elijah Rushing's commitment over on DucksDigest.com. So make sure you guys stay tuned in over there as always, so you don't miss out on any of my written work talking about rushing, but. Just just to get some more into Elijah Rushing here on this episode of the pod before we get into an eval, just giving you guys a rundown of Elijah Rushing. Six foot six, two hundred and fifty one pounds, according to two four seven Sports, his profile over there. So another tall, big, long edge rusher. Those kind of guys you want on your defensive line, especially on the edge. Guys that can bend, guys that can get after the quarterback. Those are all the things that Elijah rushing can do on the field at an incredibly high level. That's why he is an Adidas all American selection. Looking at the ratings, he's rated a five-star prospect according to the two four seven sports composite 0.9861 number 28 player in the country, number three edge rusher and the number one player in the state of Arizona. Uh, What else do we have on Elijah rushing 37 reported scholarship offers Aside from Oregon and Arizona, you have schools like Notre Dame, Tennessee, UCLA, Florida. Those schools were all involved in this recruitment in the pursuit of one of the very best talents out West. This is a really important commitment for Dan Laney because of where it comes in terms of the trenches and just the the position and where he's physically located right in, in the state of Arizona. I think that's important when you have elite talent like that out West. We know that Oregon likes to recruit nationally, has to recruit nationally if they want to get to that next level, and that's certainly what Dan Lanning and the rest of that coaching staff over in Eugene are doing. With Rushing's commitment, Oregon moves from the number 10 class in the country to number six, according to the 247 Sports Updated Rankings which I believe ties Oregon's program record for the highest recruiting class in the country. I think the Ducks signed the number six class in 2019 under head coach Mario Cristobal. Um, Okay, I'm looking at this here. Looks like the overall rank was number eight and the composite rank was seven. So if they were to ink this class today, I think this would be the highest rated and highest ranked recruiting class that the Ducks have ever signed. So that just goes to show you the pace and the clip that the Ducks are recruiting at here. 24 verbal commitments with Aiden Breland and Elijah rushing to defensive linemen, edge guys, headlining this really strong star studded group for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. All right, let's get into actually before we get into some, uh, some analysis and uh, some film breakdown. Let's go ahead and check in with the chat. We got uh, Andrew saying, Oh hell yeah. We got up the scope saying we're out. We out here. Andrew says, this is the culmination of the landing plan, building the trenches, establishing dominance and mercilessly pummel teams until they've lost the will to fight. This is how a championship team is born. Uh, Another comment here. Imagine if we flip Justin Williams and Dylan Frazier, Baker should have stayed home. However, I'm rooting for Seton. Yeah, this is a, this is crazy. How everyone's this, the way this class is coming together, Brooks Durham. Now this is revenge for McMillan talking about elite, uh, elite wide receiver, Tetairoa McMillan who flipped from areas from Oregon to Arizona in the 2022 recruiting class. Derek says, happy five-star day. Uh, we got Jared, Sko. Uh, come see me on the big screen. We got a dog. So you guys can tell that uh, that fans are fired up without a doubt. So we'll see if we get into maybe some mailbag or talk about some more uh, questions here. But I want to get into some analysis and give you guys a, a, a close look at what the Ducks are getting here in their newest commitment it's so funny too I just wanted to add I remember after I went out to the Phoenix area to to see some buddies and also um, you know see Oregon quarterback commit Luke Moga I was leaving the airport and I had a little video that I posted and I said you know great time out in Arizona something along those lines and then I said wouldn't be surprised if I was back here in the future covering some more uh some more ducks so I was kind of alluding to Elijah rushing maybe ending up committing to Oregon then hey There you go. So super stoked and and fired up to to cover this commitment. Let's throw on the film. Let's throw on the tape. Elijah rushing. This is from his junior year, um, but it's the the longest video. So I just wanted to go at that. I think when you're just starting off this evaluation for Elijah rushing, I got my monitor over here. So I'm going to be looking at it so I can see what you guys are seeing. Elijah rushing obviously checks the frame that you're looking for. Six foot six, 251 pounds. Uh, You see there that he bats down a ball at the line of scrimmage, and then his teammate uh, is able to come away with the pick and take it back to the house. So I think one big box that Elijah rushing certainly checks is that he is uh, quick off the line of scrimmage, which is even more impressive when you look at his frame. Like we said, 6'6", 250, quick, uh, athletic. He is disruptive at the line of scrimmage. You saw, like we said, batting that ball down. I think that's really important. Um, Honestly, kind of an underrated play. I mean, look at, look at that. We got to run that clip back because that was super impressive. Just, just one arm bull rushing the tackle here. You see him just almost just driving them back into the quarterback. Um, And then eventually I think he finished that play getting, getting the sack after he stepped up in the pocket, I think. Uh, Yep. That was rushing, getting the sack there. So I think you have the production there, obviously. And, And I think, and again, just bull rushes the, the tackle, no, no match for him. I think another thing that's really interesting about rushing is that you're not just disruptive, but you're disruptive in a lot of different ways, right? There you see him uh, you know, grabbing the jersey there, but just utilizing his length uh, to bring down the quarterback. Um, so that's obviously great. You want to see that just continuing to get up after the quarterback. I don't actually know what his stats were, In the 2022 season, because that was his last full season, right? Um, Before now, uh, his senior year at at Sal Point. So let's see what we have here. Um, So as a junior, he finished with... Hello? Okay, as a junior, he finished with 25 solo tackles, 73 uh, total tackles. And 11.5 and a half sacks, 59 quarterback hurries, which is insane. 13 and a half tackles for loss. So the production is is certainly there. I think another thing that you always look at with guys at the line of scrimmage, offense or defense, but maybe even more so edge rusher, you can see the way that he's able to bend. I think that's something that's very promising about Elijah Rushing <clears throat> just from a physical standpoint. Um. Yeah, you, you get a guy that I don't know if I'd say he's like a, a for sure starter, but who knows, uh, at least not like right off the bat, right? Because I think that we're going to end up eventually comparing this commitment and maybe even comparing him as a player to the likes of Kayvon Thibodeau, to the likes of Mateo Uyunglele. Um, because Kayvon Thibodeau was obviously amazing. Three sacks yesterday for the Giants, by the way. Um, I mean, just what a game from him. He is, I think he has eight and a half sacks as a rookie. So he's do he did really well at Oregon, but he didn't really even break through ultimately, kind of until the the back uh the back half of the season as a true freshman, uh, before he came, you know, kind of a solidified full-time starter. But Mateo, you're looking at Mateo and he he's already pretty firmly entrenched. So I'm not saying Mateo is going to be better than Kayvon, but I think if you just com- uh, compare their, their, uh, their paths, I guess you could say both came from Southern California, both played for pretty, pretty big programs in Oak Christian and St. John Bosco. But Mateo is carving out an earlier role than Kayvon did, which I think is, is a, a big tip of the cap to him and what he's been able to do as a, as a, an edge rusher and just freshman at Oregon, and then just also to the coaching that he's received and the coach uh, before he got to Oregon and even now. So, I think Elijah Rushing has the ability to certainly have an early impact at Oregon, and I think with with Elijah Rushing, man, the the edge recruiting at Oregon under Dan Lanning has been phenomenal. I think we can certainly say that even though this is only his third class, second full class, right? He came in pretty much right at the end of the 2022 recruiting class uh, in December and was able to salvage a really good class. 2023 was his first full recruiting cycle. And and look at the guys from that class, just along the defensive line that are already contributing. You got Mateo, who we talked about. Uh, Tatum Tuioti has been stellar as a true freshman. Blake Purchase. Another edge rusher out of the state of Colorado has been phenomenal, and he got to Oregon late. He was not an early enrollee. The Ducks had to battle him for for uh, his signature. Right, B- uh, battle Colorado, excuse me, uh, Deion Sanders in Colorado were trying to really trying to mix that recruitment up late. That's why his letter of intent kind of came in on the later side, and that was one that I was waiting for because. I was talking to, to uh, someone close to the program and, and they were saying, Max, like Blake Purchase is a dude. And it's so fun to this is one of the reasons I love covering recruiting because you hear the buzz, you see the buzz, and then to see it kind of follow through and play out is is phenomenal. So it's really exciting stuff to see. And um and the, the edge position is is been great. And we haven't really even talked about Guys like Ashton Porter, guys like Jaden Moore, who were high quality guys that they signed in the 2023 class, but we just haven't seen too much of them. So there was a comment about Mace Funa leaving from from Darius here. Darius says Mace Funa is leaving. Rushing would be perfect to replace Funa. Um, I I definitely would would agree with that. Um, And I think the nice thing too is even if – it's always exciting to see true freshmen play, right, but – Oregon's not necessarily going to be in the position where they have to have an Elijah rushing play because these guys from previous classes like Mateo and and, uh, Purchase and Tatum, they've been doing an awesome job and they've proven to to be ready for it. And uh, who even knows if Jordan Birch is going to necessarily go to the NFL. Um, He's looking better and better every, every game, honestly. Um, Loved what he was able to do against the run this past weekend against Utah. So assuming that he leaves, you know, I'm not, I don't have any Intel on that necessarily. Just kind of trying to deal with a hypothetical situation. This is the 2024 recruiting class. So we got to look to uh, the next, the next year, right. For the ducks. So I think they're going to have plenty of options. Right. And I think one of the biggest reasons that the edge position has been so heavily prioritized by Dan Lanning is because he wants to build that SEC caliber defense because he knows you have to win at the line of scrimmage. Mario Cristobal knew that too, but it was very evident that he was putting more of an emphasis on the offensive line than the defensive line. That's not to say that he didn't bring some quality defensive linemen to Oregon. Look at Brandon Dorless. He's a beast, but I don't think he's doing it necessarily. I don't think he did it necessarily at the level that Oregon is right now under Dan Lanning. Or maybe that is a good way to look at it. What Dan Lanning is, what what Mario Cristobal did along the offensive line, bringing in guys like Panay Sewell, right? George Moore, uh, he didn't necessarily pan out, but he was the number one junior college player in the country, I want to say, when he committed out of the College of San Mateo, where the Ducks got Sione Laulea in this class. I think maybe that's a good way to look at it. How Mario Cristobal approached offensive line recruiting is how Dan Lanning is approaching defensive line recruiting and edge players, bringing guys in that are going to cause havoc, wreck havoc, uh stop the run, get after the quarterback, contain the quarterback. I just think that the edge position is so fun to watch because they have they have to be able to do a lot of different things. And just just with 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 rushing in particular, he's his athleticism is I think probably one of the things that pops on tape the most out of uh and just his, his pursuit uh, his, his quickness at his size is just something that you don't see very often. And that's part of what makes him exciting to watch. And this is a guy, he's so highly rated. We, we also need to talk about just how, how Oregon is recruiting just in, the, in this class. They have two top 15, play, two of the, very best players in the entire country. Elijah rushing and Aiden Breeland. I think they're ranked number 11 for Breeland and number 15 or 14 for rushing are committed to Oregon and they're not even necessarily done. Maybe that's kind of where we're taking this conversation. Now that Elijah rushing is committed to Oregon, the ducks are still going after some pretty big talents, some pretty notable talents in the, 2024 class along the the defensive line so let's talk about aaron's question here how realistic is solomon williams now that we have rushing or is it dan just trying to stock up with as much d-line talent uh he can so four-star tampa catholic edge rusher no sorry not tampa catholic um tampa florida Wood day edge rusher solomon williams is one of oregon's top remaining defensive line targets in the 24 class you also have Fairfield, California, our Mio defensive lineman, Jericho Johnson, who was an Adidas All-American selection. He just took his official visit to Utah, I want to say, this past weekend. So he had a front row seat if that trip did end up happening. I saw some chirp, some uh, tweets that it was happening. If that did happen, uh, he had a front row seat to what Dan Lennon and the Oregon defense did to Utah. Um, so... I don't think that Utah was a huge contender in that recruitment. I've kind of been saying that it's Oregon and Washington there, but even though Washington's ranked ahead of Oregon, I think any recruit can look at what the Ducks have done this season, even though they lost that game to Washington, they have the more complete team. They have the better defense. They have the, the guys that can develop defensive line talent. So I think that Solomon Williams is still realistic. I'm not predicting him to Oregon right now, but I do very much think this is kind of what Aaron said on the back end of this comment. I think Dan Lanning knows how important the defensive line is. Uh, We're seeing it play out right in front of our eyes, having that veteran group and then having those young guys that can, can rotate in and and have a a meaningful impact. He's seen all that and he's saying the numbers are tight, but if I have a legitimate chance, to get these elite defensive linemen, I want them. I want all of them. And we'll figure out how to make it work in the offseason from a number standpoint. So it's it's a special time right now for Oregon recruiting, especially along the defensive line, because there's so many talented guys that Oregon already has in the fold, already has on the team, and is still in contention for. I think, uh, I, don't, I haven't heard that Solomon Williams is going to be an early signing period guy. I'm, I have heard that uh, that Jericho Johnson plans to decide in-house. Uh, this is the last, I talked to him right before his Oregon official visit, so it's a little bit dated at this point, I want to say. But he told me that he wants to make his decision with his family uh, in in-house and then go public with his decision during the early signing period. And then I would think that Solomon Williams is probably an early enrollee, early signing period kind of guy, just given the caliber of player he is and the programs that are in contention there. With Solomon Williams, you have Oregon, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, and Clemson. i uh, been hearing a little bit of buzz about, I think he was in Alabama over the weekend um, for an unofficial visit with a Tide, and then... I have also seen, I think, it's some comments about Texas A&M being uh, heavily involved there. Solomon Williams said that Oregon is in his top two coming out of his uh, uh, official visit that past weekend for the Washington State game. Uh, the the story was behind the paywall, but I think Steve Wolfong's story, uh, his tweet at, uh, at the very least, was saying that Oregon was in the top two there. So that's massive for Oregon to continue being in in uh, contention there for for Solomon Williams. So I've I've already said a lot about Oregon's defensive line haul in the 2024 class. That this commitment doesn't come as a huge surprise for me. I, I told you guys after Aiden Breeland committed, that's just even more recruiting momentum for the Ducks. This this haul on the defense on the defensive side of the ball is is amazing. You have multiple All Americans in the trenches with Aiden Breeland and uh, Elijah Rushing, and then you you go back to the linebackers at the second level and you have Braden Platt, you have Dylan Williams, who I saw last week, and he just looks more impressive. Every time I see him, he's a phenomenal player uh, at linebacker. You have uh, Kamar Matuti, who is another all American over at Los Alamitos. And he's, he's, he's an incredibly talented. And then you look to the the third level of the defense, the secondary, and you got some really, you got two top 100 commitments in Dakota fields and you Badeglu at cornerback. You have Aaron Flowers out of Texas. The safety, he's a really, really strong player for the Ducks. And you also have Sioni lawalea who's uh, you know one of the top junior college players in the entire country. So there's, there's no big gaps here. A little bit afraid, just to let you guys know. I think that the Gardeners might be coming around here. Um, my windows don't do a great job with the sound. So I'm going to try to keep it going, but I might need to pause the stream. Not pause the stream, but mute myself for a second. So just to, to let you know there. Um, yeah, this is uh, just – just it's a special time for Oregon recruiting. Uh, I, I wrote after – I think at, maybe it was before Breeland committed. I'm actually – I want to see that uh, a top five class is still within reach for Oregon. Um, I wrote that on October 17th, so that was just after they landed Aiden Breeland. But given the guys that we've talked about on this pod, on this stream – there's still some top tier guys that the ducks are going after. So it's uh, it's, it's huge for Oregon to, to get another guy like Elijah rushing in the fold. And, and another thing that's worth mentioning for him is that it wasn't just a one man approach in this recruitment. You have guys on the staff from top to bottom that were involved here. You have Dan landing, your head coach, super important to have your head coach involved in recruiting especially not only with five stars, but with guys along the D-line. You figure that's a guy that he's going to have a personal hand in coaching positionally, given his history of working with linebackers, edge rushers, defensive linemen. But you had him, you had defensive coordinator Tosh Lapoy, And, I mean, talk about a guy who has improved his stock, if you will, from 2022 to 2023. Tosh Lapoy has to be up there. He's always been a good recruiter, but I think after last season, there were a lot of fans that were maybe a little bit skeptical. And I think if, if memory serves, I was kind of trying to say that I thought this was a little bit more of a personnel issue, not so much a coaching issue. But we're this right now how Oregon's playing and how Oregon's recruiting. This is why you bring Tosh Lapoy to Oregon. This is why he teams up with Dan Landing, Demetrius Martin, Tony Tuioti, and, and the rest of this Oregon staff. To, to put this field this product on the field and then to have guys like this coming in, waiting in the wings and being able to have some confidence that there's not going to be a drop off. The reason that Oregon is prioritizing the defensive line like they are is not just because it's so important to win at the battle at the line of scrimmage um, because edge rushers are some of the most unique athletes in in college football. Dan Lenny knows that he's going to be losing a lot of guys. I feel like I say this at some different point every week, but Brandon Dorless, Popo Amavai, I think Taki Taimani. Um, I, I think this is his last year of eligibility. I have to double check. Casey Rogers, uh, Mace Funa. There's so many guys that they are set to lose after the 2023 season that you have to hit this position hard. And I think a lot of people are surprised that they're hitting it as hard as they are given as how hard they hit it last year. with um, I think they signed a combined 10 defensive linemen between defensive tackle, defensive line, and, and edge rusher. So it's, it's really a continuation of, of what the Ducks have already done and what they're continuing to do. Um, let's see what else we have here. Let's look at some of these comments. Um, let's see... Travis Davis, uh, there any news on secondary recruitment? Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of news that I've been hearing about Oregon recruiting in the secondary. I, I think they have a really good haul. You have three corners uh, that I mentioned on this show, Dakota Fields, Ifeo Badegu, and Sioni Laolea. You have two good safeties and Aaron Flowers and Kingston Lopa. I, I've heard that Lopa might play linebacker, but I need to double-check that. I mean, he's a 6'5 safety something that the ducks haven't really had a whole lot of aside from Brian Addison. All right, I can hear the the gardener getting closer, so just give me a give me a second. He'll pass right by my window, so I'm going to try to mute it when that happens. Um but let's see. Secondary recruitment, I think the only guy you have to look at is is Xavier Filsaimi. All right, we're back. So, I think yeah, Xavier Filsaimi is the only guy that I'm really hearing any any buzz on Buzz might even be a strong word, but <clears throat> um, Xavier Phil is a five-star safety out of McKinney, Texas. He's currently committed to Florida, so I think that that's the guy that you need to keep an eye on and probably the only guy I would think that you need to keep an eye on in the 24 class in the secondary. You also have uh, Waco, Texas, Connolly corner slash safety, Kobe Black, who has Oregon in his top five schools, but I don't believe that he's taken uh, an official visit yet um a lot of people think that he's a guy that should be committed to texas by now that's the school with the most buzz um but hey he hasn't committed to texas yet and texas is as hot a school as any right now on the recruiting trail so maybe the the more time that passes with kobe black's recruitment the better for oregon he has been on the campus before from what i'm aware of but i don't think he's taken his his um his uh official visit to oregon yet so xavier phil kobe black both out of the state of texas those are the ones that you gotta watch
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Uh, saints fan since 2008 says Achilles Smith jr. Will be the first quarterback to bring a national championship to Oregon. If Dan Lanning stays and keeps recruiting like this, I'm super high on Achilles Smith jr. Size arm and running ability. Yeah. I, I love Achilles Smith jr. That dude is so fun to watch. If you guys don't know who that is 2025 Oregon quarterback commit out of Lincoln high school in San Diego. Uh, he's a duck legacy. He's every bit of six five, six six. I think he's like 205 right now. And, and every time I watch him play in person, I continue to be really impressed with how well he can move, not only just in the pocket, but outside the pocket when he needs to scramble, when he needs to improvise. Um, I think you just want to put more weight on that frame so that he can be more effective in the run game. He told me earlier this year that he's trying to become a complete dual-threat quarterback, and um, I think he's taking steps to do that right now. Uh, in his development, the the coaching staff at Lincoln is is one of the best that I've I've been around. They do a really good job of uh, getting the most out of their guys. They have a really a lot of good playmakers around him. So, I think that uh, Achilles Smith Jr. and Lincoln are probably on a collision course with Julian Sain, 2024 Alabama quarterback commit out of Carlsbad in the in the uh, section and and uh, you know regional championship, but. Huge fan of Achilles Smith Jr. I think he's going to be a special talent once he gets to Oregon, and and uh, his his uh, his trajectory is just you know super high. Uh, gonna keep getting to some of these comments, but you guys do me a favor and drop a like on the stream, drop a like on the video, and um, make sure you sub to the channel to the channel uh, so you guys can keep up with with all the the latest and greatest in Oregon. Uh, Oregon football, Oregon football recruiting. I was gonna do an episode today on the Utah win, but this news dropped, so wasn't able to wasn't able to get to that because I had to do this. All right, what else? Probably maybe go for about fifteen minutes or so. Uh, gotta do gotta do some more stuff uh, today. What else do we have here? So we had that comment about Achilles. Uh, Greg M says, it appears both lines uh, to go against the best in practice. That has to be a selling point in recruiting that I don't see mentioned often. That's a great point. Um, Yeah, Oregon's offensive line has been phenomenal this year. I think that Oregon fans have probably just been, they've probably gotten used to the offensive line being really good um, at Oregon just in Eugene, but elite Terry has done a great job in his first year back with the ducks after coming back uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, one of the youngest coaches in all of college football, the youngest coach on Oregon staff. He's only a year older than I am. I'm 26. I think he's 27. So uh, you got to think that the, the return on elite Terry has already been great. Um, As far as what's next on the recruiting trail, I mean, I don't want to get to that too much with this this comment, but Jordan Seton, the IMG fire offensive lineman, he's another guy that the Ducks are going after. But to to your point here, Greg, yeah, they might have the best offensive line in the Pac-12. They definitely have the best defensive line in the Pac-12. I don't think there's much of a discussion there. Braylon Trice at Washington is super talented. I remember the Ducks were recruiting him coming out of high school. Um so, um, yeah, I think that this just goes to the point it's, you know, you want to be the best, you got to play with it. You want to hey, be the best, play with the best, right? Practice with the best. I think that Oregon can certainly uh, sell recruits on on that point when it comes to what they're doing, what Dan Lanyan is building right now. And I think part of the reason that I'm so excited about the defense right now is because we haven't seen them recruit defensive line talent like this for Dan Lanning. I mean, you'd get, like, a couple of really solid guys every every class with, with, like, one really strong guy. But you're seeing multiple blue chippers across the defensive line, which is just a huge testament and tip of the cap to what Dan Lanning, Tony Tuioti, um, you know, Tony Washington is another guy that works with the defensive line. He's a former Oregon player uh, that is doing a great job with the Ducks. Um, I know Cameron Aragi, who's a, a defensive assistant. I think he's an analyst. He, he was also heavily involved in this recruitment. He, he's from the state of Arizona, um, so that's super big. Um, but, yeah, I think this is definitely a selling point, Greg. I love this comment, and I think that, that Oregon's play on the field is obviously having a direct impact with what they're doing on the recruiting trail. Um, going into this weekend, I was kind of the mindset, I wouldn't be surprised if they waited until after the Utah game to kind of give Russia the green light, um, assuming that, Assuming This is assuming that he was ready to go, right? I think that timing plays a huge role when it comes to recruiting and with announcements. So um, I don't have intel on that in particular. I just think that you get the win, you get a five-star. Like, Oregon is scorching hot right now. And now you get Cal at home. Um, You know, they put up 49 on USC, but that's not a huge surprise. USC's defense is terrible. Um, But Cal's played Oregon close in recent years. So I don't think you you can't overlook a single game on the schedule this year in terms of the Pac-12. That's just the kind of football that they're playing. But love the comment, Greg. Um, they're they're doing uh doing doing big things. Um what else? Ruben. What's up, Ruben? Um Ranchito Grill. You guys gotta hit him up in Eugene. Hit up Ranchito Grill. Ruben's a lot out there in, in Eugene. Ruben says, "Great job, Max. Keep up the great work. Always enjoy your show. Thanks for the support, Ruben. Always great to see you in the chat. Um, I got to make my way after Red Cheeto. Um, maybe not next weekend, but I'll be in town the whole week of the USC game, and then um, obviously the weekend of the USC game. So hopefully, uh, there's like a little get together over at Red Cheeto, and we can we can say what's up. Um." Darius says, Ty has the talent and now the coordinator that can help him be the guy next year. Yeah, uh, I mean, this isn't related to Eliza Rushing, but we're talking about for sure because uh, Bo Nixon is doing a phenomenal job this year, playing some of the very best football in the country right now. And he is, I think he's number four, according to FanDuel. I was actually working on that story. I'll have the latest Heisman odds over on Duck Digest later today. Um, he's number four in the Heisman Trophy odds, but. You got to keep looking to the future, and this is his last season at Oregon. So the Ducks are going to need a guy, and I, I think I'm still I'm still waiting to see it from Ty. I think that Will Stein's done a great job, um, but uh, I just I'll believe it when I see it from Ty. Um, that's not I'm not trying to be critical of him, or you know, that's not a slight. He's just been at Oregon for a long time, and uh, I think that previous staffs need to get him more reps. And I think that you could even say that this Oregon staff needs to get him some more reps. Uh, I think with some of the games that they've been playing in with the margin of victory, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen him more than we have. Um, but, yeah, this is – I mean, we can talk – I feel like this comment comes up all the time. We can talk about uh, what the quarterback looks like moving forward for Oregon. They have two quarterbacks committed in Michael Van Buren and Luke Moga in the 24 class. But I think every staff in the country owes it to themselves to look to the transfer portal just to at every position, just to evaluate their options. And I think that Oregon's in the position right now where you don't have quality depth at the quarterback position in terms of if something were to happen, you just, you know, you want to be able to turn to a guy and um, you know, have some confidence that he's going to be able to lead the offense and not have a, a huge drop off. And I just don't think that's where they're at right now. So you get these two guys in in 2024, and then you look for uh, a portal guy, and you have Ty Thompson there and Austin Novasad as well. But, um, yeah, I think that the quarterback position is going to be an interesting one that you have to keep an eye on. Chris J541 says, safety might be a position we need more depth next year. Safety is an interesting position because I was kind of skeptical of the Oregon safeties this year. Brian Addison has been away from the team for a couple weeks now, with Dan Lanning citing personal personal reasons. Uh, so we haven't seen him since the Colorado game, I believe, and he's one of the better safeties that Oregon has on his roster on their roster. Um, but I believe he's in his final year, I would think. Uh, but aside from him, you have guys like Evan Williams, who has been putting on a show these past couple weeks. I mean, what he's been able to do as a tackler and getting into the backfield, he's been just balling. And then Steve Stevens, you've had him, he's been around for a long time, but Tysheem Johnson, I think is the the better story there. Two interceptions against Utah on the road. Those are just big, big time plays. And then you have Tyler Turner and Cody DeCambra behind those guys. So I would agree that I think safety is a position that you got to, continue to prioritize. I think you have so much talent at the cornerback spot uh, on the roster. Um, I, I would wonder if Kyrie Jackson can come back next year. Um, you have Nico Reed, who's going to have some more eligibility. Um, you have Tyquez Bridges and Dante Manning there. So the secondary, I think, is, is going to need some work. But uh, you have some really promising guys already on the roster and that you have committed here in the 24 recruiting class um captain hiltz is saying the team's play this season is exciting recruits it definitely is i mean that's that just goes to my point uh about the on-field success just correlating with how the ducks are doing on uh on the recruiting trail see me on the big screen hit the thumbs up y'all appreciate that um Travis asks, did Aiden get get downgraded to a four-star after committing to Oregon? I don't believe that he got downgraded. He's not a consensus five-star from my understanding. 247 Sports Composite has him as a four-star, .9795. Um, I think on three has him as a five-star. I want to say I'm looking at it right now. On three has him as a four-star. Rivals has him as a four-star. Uh, ESPN hasn't been a four-star, but I don't really give credence to ESPN when it comes to recruiting. So I don't believe he got downgraded. I just think that 247 was the only service that had him as a five-star. Uh, Zaheem Richard, do you think the Ducks have a, sa- a chance to sign uh, EPL? and uh, Pierre-Louise from Tampa Catholic out there in Florida. I think they have a chance. Uh, I'm told that he's probably going to be making it out to Eugene in November for a visit. So the Ducks still haven't gotten that official visit yet, but he has been to campus before. So I think they have a chance. It's really him and Jordan Seaton; Those are the main guys you have to watch um, at the offensive line spot. Um, with Oregon signing two five stars recently, what would you say are their chances of getting Nate Frazier? Um, yeah. I don't think uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't change things because I don't think that's true. I talked to him after Aiden Breland committed, and he said that the, the contact with Oregon has, or at least the efforts from Oregon have increased since Aiden Breland committed, with uh, uh, Nate Frazier being the top all purpose back in the country at a modern day, committed to Georgia over Oregon. But Oregon has been involved there with Nate Frazier. I think you got to get him back on campus. But Carlos is, is is really, really good when it comes to developing running backs, building relationships. But no, probably coming back next year. He only got four games in before he suffered that season any in injury. So I think they have a, a decent chance, but right now I'm not expecting it. Let's see here. Creating with code. Hey Max, I was curious how much do you hear about other committed recruits trying to flip Oregon's committed recruits? it's um, a good question. I, I don't hear about it a whole lot, but I can say I, I think I'm really confident in a lot of these guys that Oregon has already staying, um, but you have just under two months until the early signing period, and that's really kind of you have to hang on until then and then get those guys enrolled. Um, I think another thing that you see with, um, you know, with with uh, you see guys that are continuing to get recruited by other schools. Most of the guys that I've talked to, like Dylan Williams, still getting recruited. I talked to him last week, and he said that uh, Michigan State, UCLA, and Miami are are all still um, recruiting the commits, you know, or him. Um, Not all the commits, but these guys that are committed to Oregon oftentimes are still getting recruited, but the ones that I've talked to recently are are pretty much locked in and not really really, uh, um, going after – I'm not really responding or like considering those uh, recruiting pitches. Um, Chris J five, four, one, any word on Aaron Hampton? Yeah. He, he got asked about on the uh, Oregon recruiting hour show that I did last Friday. Um, Nothing super new on Aaron Hampton. All I know is that they're trying to get him out to Eugene for a visit. He's currently committed to tech athlete that I believe is projected to play wide receiver at the college level. He is from Dangerfield, Texas, like 5'10", 175. Um, So not really anything super new there. But I think that um, he's going to be a guy you continue to, you know, hear about. He he took to Twitter saying that he's pretty locked in with Texas, but I don't think it's over until it's over. If he doesn't visit Oregon, then, hey, that's just how it works. But we got to see. Andrew says, Max, do you see Dan trying to get – rushing to add weight and redshirting him year one. I mean, I could see him getting some playing time in three games, but the Big Big Ten has uniquely huge offensive lines. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Uh, Offensive lines in the the Pac-12 are not what you're going to see in the Big Ten with schools like Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan. But he's already pretty big, 6'6", 251. I think the thing that you have to worry about when you have – a guy that big already, six six two fifty one, and, you know, an edge rusher is you don't want to add, you have to add weight while still maintaining that athleticism. You don't want to put too much weight on a guy and then you're looking at him and saying, hey, you don't really move how you did in high school, um, which I, I mean, I, I would fully anticipate that that's something that the Ducks are aware of. They're not going to try to have him bulk up. It's very, it's very uh, purpose driven. There, there's a reason that you do something like this. Yeah, everything that they're doing, if they're having guys bulk up, if they're having guys slow down, that, that's all a part of the plan. I don't think are getting blindsided by any of that. But I think you just have to see kind of um, you know, maybe how he's playing in practice and how he matches up with some of your other guys, how he's performing against Oregon's offensive line, because Oregon's offensive line is going to be just as big as those big 10 defensive lines that you, you run into. So maybe a little bit early to say but you got to see what rushing does once he gets to Oregon. James has a comment. James Hagerman, It looks like losing to Washington has lit a fire um,
2: under the Ducks. Go Ducks!
1: Yeah, they it definitely did. Um, but it's it's not like they needed that. They lost by three in Seattle. You took their you took their best shot, um, and unfortunately, you weren't able to win. But like I've said, you you don't come out of that game feeling any less confident in Oregon. Uh, some fourth down decisions don't go your way. And that's just the game is is a game of interest sometimes. But that is super. I mean, it it's they it came out of the other side of that loss to Washington for the better. I think we can definitely agree on that. Uh, Uh, Anton Z, why is there a top 247 and 247 Sports Composite? Which one is more legit? Well, so the top 247 is just 247's rankings, and then the 247 Sports Composite takes in all of the rankings from other outlets, other sites, on ESPN, and Rivals. And and, um, I think the 247 Sports Composite is a little bit more legit just because it's more balanced uh, and you're getting uh, input from multiple outlets there. Um, if you have one outlet that's really high on a guy and another outlet that's maybe lower, it's kind of interesting to see that reflected in the composite. So I always like to go for the composite. I think it's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more balanced. Uh, Brian, Brian Keith Mason, Max, any long shot names you'd care to unveil as possible flips? Yeah, we already talked about Nate Frazier. He's pretty huge as far as one of those guys. Um, And this just reminded me too, um flip candidates um that's so funny i wrote a story in august oregon's top five flip candidates and um rushing was on there he was committed to arizona at the time um the other guys that i have listed on that list i mean it needs some updating now It's pretty dated right um nate frazier talked about him a whole lot committed to georgia running back Jeremiah McClellan, Ohio State wide receiver commit. Uh, I mean, that's a long shot, but it also doesn't really feel like a long shot because he visited Oregon for the Colorado game while he, uh, you know, which is following his commitment in August, I believe, to um, the Buckeyes. So I think he's a long shot. He's, you know, kind of a Midwest kid, right, St. Louis, but um, I think if Ohio State keeps playing well, Marvin Harrison keeps doing his thing, Brian Hartline might be playing himself into an NFL coaching position. Um, I haven't heard any intel on that. I just feel like that's part of not only the visit to Oregon as an Ohio State commit, but just the success that Brian Hartline and Marvin Harrison and the Buckeyes are having, um, that just is going to continue to have Brian Hartline in those coaching conversations. But he hasn't said anything to indicate that he's leaving uh, Ohio State. Um, So Elijah Rushing was on there. And I also have Justin Williams, who's a Georgia linebacker, commit. Uh, he is committed with Joseph Jonah and Jonier, who is one of his high school defensive line teammates at uh, Conroe or at Oak Ridge in Conroe. He's committed to Georgia, but if Oregon keeps recruiting like they are. I, I would, I assume that they're still keeping in touch with Justin Williams because he committed to Georgia over Oregon. That was his top two, Oregon and Georgia. Uh, and then I listed Isaiah Garcia. He's a, an offensive lineman committed to Utah. I, I don't feel as confident about that one now that I than I did when I first wrote that because I didn't think that Oregon was super involved with Jordan Seton. So um, I, I wouldn't really say too much about Isaiah Garcia. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah. So those are kind of the guys that I, th- I mean, I guess maybe a long shot, I'd say Brandon Baker um, cause he committed to Texas, but it just seemed like Oregon's priorities were elsewhere by the time he committed to the Longhorns. But who knows, maybe, uh, I always got the feeling that that guy wanted to be at Oregon. That Brandon Baker wanted to be at Oregon. So we'll we'll have to see what happens there. I'm gonna get off here in just a second, you guys. Jay Bryan uh, says I think Russian's commitment gives Seton something to think about going against great defensive lines in practice and in games in the Big Ten. Yeah, Jordan Seton is it's it's not a I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's the most realistic that it's been I think for Oregon to get an IMG guy in quite some time. Um, IMG programs in the SEC like Georgia and uh, Florida, Alabama, they all have have pipelines. Miami even kind of has a pipeline to to IMG. You would think so because they're in-state, but Oregon hasn't done a great job recruiting IMG in terms of the success that they've had, and this is kind of the most confidence I've had in around an IMG recruit in in quite some time. So got to see what's going on. Well, you guys, uh, we – or almost at an hour, but I got some more writing to get back to. So I think that'll do it for us on this episode of the duck Dish podcast. Do me a favor. Um, subscribe to the channel. We're, we're on that push to three K awesome turnout here in the stream. I'm trying to get to 3000 subscribers. That's my next goal on YouTube. So take, take a second and just subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free and it's a huge help to what I'm doing. And then make sure you're locking with me on all social media platforms. I'm at on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Ducks Digest Instagram at Ducks Digest. Just hit over a thousand uh, followers, pumping out a lot of great photos from my guy Doug Winter, who's been taking photos for me this year. And then make sure you read all my stuff over on DucksDigest.com. But share the show with other Duck fans. We're continuing to build it. I'll be back in Eugene this weekend for the cloud game. Um, cannot wait. I'm having major Pacific Northwest withdrawals. Um, so super excited for that. Hopefully I'll I'll see some of you guys out there. But uh hey, until next time, you guys have be listening to another episode of the Duck Dish Podcast.